<laughs> yes, it is Friday. Um, yeah, it is Friday and it's nine. So it's a random UK Cowboys time. Yeah, we are here on a Friday as opposed to our traditional Thursday because yesterday everyone was a little inebriated, a little bit intoxicated <laughs> with the, the Queen's Jubilee celebrations. Uh, we've got uh, with us, we've got the uh, Godfather, of course, Mr. Jamie Smith. How are we doing, sir? Yeah, I've sobered up a little bit now after yesterday's <laughs> Yeah, if, it, it, it's, it's, Yeah, talking about inebriation, I think you took it to the max. You were celebrating the hardest out of uh, the UK Cowboys family, that's for sure. And joining with us as well, we've got Bluff City Cowboys. Marcus, as you may remember from uh, day one of the draft, how are we doing, Marcus, all the way over in sunny Tennessee? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you for inviting me. I, I really appreciate it. No, no, no. Thank you for giving us your time, mate. Uh, I know you're um, over there doing about four things at once, but <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just trying to share it the pages. Oh, <laughs> you don't even worry about that, my man. Um, but yeah, it is continuing on with our off-season programming. Um, we're in the position breakdown series this week. It's wide receiver. Um, next week it gets really spicy where we look at the O-line. But before I cook the news up if you like as we do at the start of every show i get your guys opinions how do you feel about the cowboys wide receiver core this year in comparison to others i'll start with you james uh jamie and, I, and then i'll i'll hit the same question to marcus i'm gonna judgment until we see how michael gallup comes back from his injury i'm, I'm gonna sit on the fence for for now no, that's a fair answer. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, I mean, when you're talking about Jalen Tolber, James Washington, which we'll get to with the issues there as well. Um, I get where you're coming from, certainly, and the, the chemical, the, the chemical mash that you get with Dak Prescott. Mm. What about you, though, Marcus? How do you feel about the wide receiver core this year, or is your answer much the same? You're, you're waiting, want to wait and see. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way, but on paper. I would yeah. say this may be one of the deepest receiving cores we've had in a while. Okay. Interesting. Going against the grain. I love it. I yeah. Love it. I let, yeah, I love it when somebody brings something different to the table rather than going with the flow. Yeah. Um, because I I, I, now, I didn't get, say the best, I said the deepest. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we can go one, I think we can go one through five with guys who can play on the field. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and I think as well, which will will tie into the conversation with this is special teams as well, because mm -hmm. um, that's you got the right quite... guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, the conversations we had from rookie minicamp uh, when I was speaking to Dallas media staff was they were very aiming heavily on special teams, um, punt and kickoff coverage, mm -hmm. um, returns as well as defense. So it will. It does seem to be an emphasis that 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 seems to be that the way they go in is those veteran players, which one of them is a wide receiver who's one of the oldest um, serving players on the Dallas Cowboys, mm -hmm. um, is on on that that core. But when you look at it, you've got to think. Well, okay, I get where you're going. That you're trying to rotate now, get some of those play, older players moving through, getting long in the tooth, if you like. But I mean, yeah, it be it is. I see where you're coming from. It is very deep. I agree. Um, in terms of talent, I'm with Jamie then on on that. I'll, I'll take a chunk out of both of your takes there and join yeah. you on that one. 
Um, but it's certainly going to be very fun. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I'm just hoping they've got rid of for Oxnard. I'm hoping they got rid of that, you know, that barrier or that fence that was down the end zone that Michael Gallup flipped over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just hope that they've they've moved on from that barrier. Um, is my hope, but yeah. Um, so should we start the show off as we do every week, guys, with the news and updates, and then we can crack on with the show. Let's get to it. All right, let's smash into it. Lots of lots to get through. Okie dokie. Well, the first thing to come out the gate is Lyle Collins. His post-June cut money has hit the Cowboys cap space. Uh, so then the Cowboys now rank fifth in um, NFL cap space. They now uh, sit there with a, a very chunky 22.5 million in uh, cap space. For you guys, do you think they're going to do anything with that? Or do you think that they're sitting on this for a rollover for next year with Dak's contract? Yeah. I think it's got some got something to do with it, and then I think you think depending, depending on what happens in training camp, and you can you can tweak a little bit here and there, can't you, to, to bring something. I can't see it's not, it doesn't seem to be the Cowboys way now. Is it a massive splash? Or, <laughs> you know, or, 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 or I had my head, or my heart, my, yeah, my hopes high up for that. Should I say? Um, <laughs> yeah, they say there's, there's going to be some contracts that need renewing and what's well, renewing tweaking next year. So yeah. Yeah, we've got we've got a lot of the positions covered. Um, like I said it's probably going to be the back back end of the roster build up. It just to to add some some mix, maybe like I say a bit of experience here and there, bit of special like some bodies on linebacker yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, all right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, are you on the same going down the same road, Marcus, or do you think they are going to spend it, or do you think that they're sitting on this for that rollover for Dak's contract next year to try and at least help cushion the blow? I think they're definitely sitting on it, but I will say this, um, and I'm sure you guys could probably say the same thing. Yeah. The last two to three years, we've all pretty much known like who's the starter, who's the backup. Mm-hmm. We could even go as far down as who's third string at mm-hmm. pretty much every position. This year, wide receiver, we don't know what's going to happen. Linebacker, we have assumptions, but we don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Defensive end, we have a lot of question marks. So we do have money now so that if we go into camp or these linebackers don't come back healthy because we have a few of them, these receivers start to linger into camp and they're not healthy, we do have some money to go out and get a mid-tier player. Mm-hmm. Not not a superstar, but somebody four, five, six million dollars. So if that happens, I think they'll do it. But if not, I just think they sit on it. Yeah, I mean, because they st- that that will um, look to go down as well um, mm-hmm. because they still haven't signed uh, Jake Ferguson, the, the the tight end draft pick from the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's still so that will come down slightly, but I. People were sending some messages last week when it came through, and they were like, oh, look at that. And it just so happened to be that it's $22.5 million. That just so happens to be Amari Cooper's contract. I'm talking wide receiver. Um, but it's not that the Cowboys are sitting there going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, And they're, they're that methodical that they could figure out that composed mm-hmm. you, that the two would match up. It's just the way that these things go. Um We'll talk about the Maori contract in a moment because um, there is a little bit to be said about that, about 
what life will be like. But, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, I'm not putting any conspiracy on that. Um, but here we go then. Moving further into the news, uh, there's some new IR rules that have been uh, put this year because obviously the rules have changed due to the pandemic. Uh, right. That's gone. So we're into post-pandemic rule. So the new rules are you can have 16 players now on your practice squad. So okay. makes you a bit deeper. So that's some good news. Uh, and you can bring back eight players after four weeks from IR. And you could do that with each respective player twice in one season. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it was before that you can bring any back. Uh, then they brought these um, very weird rules where you could bring one back from IR. The other one could be that short IR. Mm -hmm. um, if we remember many years ago, and it worked in our favor with the Tony Romo situation, but yeah. um, that's all changed. Now it is you can bring eight players back, which is still, I think, is still quite a lot when yeah. you think about it. Like eight players moving to IR in a season, I because uh, I, I get the idea is that you, you're, you're post pandemic, so what you don't want to do is create these teams doing that roster shuffle that was happening the last two years to try and swing these plays in your favor, moving plays, practice squad, entire yard, then back again and in and out. So I get it. It was, uh, it was, it, it was needed. It needed to be done. Um, and it, it, it's also a way for us to like strike out the, the, yeah. there we go. The pandemic's over in the NFL now. So uh, Mike, let me ask you a question. Cause I haven't yes, looked sir. at all the rules. Did they, what did they do about the rules where you can have a guy who's been in the league more than three years on the practice mm -hmm. squad? Yes, I don't think that that has changed. Okay, did they uh, yeah, add I, more? Because there was a limit. Yeah, yeah, I think that it was as well. It because the rules did change slightly. That it's now incurred years. Mm -hmm. So and like the incurred years ruling and the, the language on that is very. It's a minefield. Like right. there's some players where I looked at it and I'm like, surely he can't be practice squad eligible, and it turns out that he is, and mm -hmm. through like the wording. So I, I've almost tried to give up trying to figure yeah. it out. Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like one of them weird, like, you know, like, yes and no's. And it, it, does he do this? Yes. And, and no. And it just keeps going on and on and moving out. And you're just like, ah, oh, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm sure we'll get somebody to try and help us figure it out. I'll, I'll try and get some words on that and see where we're going. But in other news, OTAs. Sam Williams looking good. Um, putting mm -hmm. some guys in the backfield out. Tyler Smith, interesting one. Looks good in OTAs. Played left guard and left, ta left tackle with the first team. Mm -hmm. Looked good in both times. So, so yeah. far, people are giving him the thumbs up. Um, what's your take, guys, on um, Tyler Williams so far in OTAs and him um, looking to be used as like that, almost that swing tackle now? It, it seems to be the distance. That, or is it that... Uh, here we go. I'll give you quite a long-winded question for you guys to answer. Um, him playing first team left tackle is that them looking to put him like is it the, is this life after Tyron Smith that they're looking at, or is it that they're looking at it for this season as in that swing tackle role? Like, because like, well, let's go. What's he doing? Can he do it? Can he perform? What do you guys make of it? Uh, personally. I haven't heard yeah. anything about Josh Ball, so that's concerning. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to bring in a tackle, honestly. I think they're going to roll with what they have. So you, you got 
two, basically three rookies who are eligible to play that position. Yeah. Including Tyler Smith and Josh Ball didn't play at all last year. So mm-hmm. I say, why not put him out there and see what he can do? I mean, he played left tackle in college. Um, and let me let me put this little nugget out there. Go on. One I of my close one of my close friends actually was invited to uh, OTA, so he got to watch. Sweet. And he got to sit in into a, a few of the um, film studies. Yes. And, and, See, this uh, is why I love getting you on. <laughs> and, and Dan Quinn is known more for stopping the tape for good guys than bad guys. Yeah. And he said Tyler Smith was one of the guys that he stopped the tape for. I like so it. That that says a lot about how he's looking in practice where the defensive coach actually stops the tape to say, look at how this guy is performing so far. And that wasn't this week with the whole Michael Parsons thing. This was last week. Okay, interesting. I like it. What do you make, Jay? Do you think this is like them looking to see what they've got in him, life after Tyron Smith? Is that more yeah? I think I think he's going to start the season at, at guard. Isn't he? That's probably going to be the natural thing. But I think just more so as well. You've got to you've got to kind of look at the worst case scenario because if you look at and this is no knock on Tyron Smith, um, but. He just can't stay. He can't stay fit healthy, can he? We've not just to start all the games this year, so you've got to look at that there. And we've been being the, the, oh, our first round pick this year, and he's he's you've got to like you say, see what you've got. But unless unless Tyrus gets into the training camp, and I see him starting at left guard, and like you say, and then. What's the right word? Um, oh. 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 I think I'm, I'm not sure if we I lost you there, I'm Jay. I'm not sure if we lost you there, Jay. Uh, but, but this Yorkshire flipping internet, well, <laughs> I'll go. I'll get it. I'll get it. Put on the tablet instead. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I got you. I, I'm just. I, I'm just trying to edit your um your mic settings now. That might help you out a bit. There we go. Try try that before you make a move. I just tried to edit something. But in other news as well, um, Matt Waletsko, we just mentioned him. He's having some uh had some extra time in OTAs at left tackle because Tyron Smith was that. Um, good news. Some good news. Micah Parsons pretty much picking up where he left off. I yeah. don't know if you guys seen that. Um, making moves, uh, put it like, and he's doing little things as well. I don't know if you've seen this, Marcus, but there's little things where, like, um, like because obviously they can't tackle the quarterback in, in these know. situations. But there's little things where he's just like patting Cooper Rush on the on the back or on the helmet, uh, and little things like tapping, and, and and you know that if that's a game situation where that happened, uh, you know for a fact that that's a sack. Yeah. Um, um uh, so that's, that's one little thing. Oh, getting a bit of feedback from somewhere. There we go. Hold on a minute. It's Jamie Jamie Mer- <laughs> Jamie Merson with his different settings here. We'll we'll uh-huh. get him sorted. Yeah, yeah. He's having some issues. Um we've got uh, Jamie's twin. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> right, can't can't, put, can't put the world through that. <laughs> 
there we are, mate. There we go. You're looking good. Um, so yeah, that's some good news. Um, in other news as well, Parsons and uh Tank. Uh it, it's very playful to say the least, but Parsons said that you know he's out there, he's gonna get the sack, he's gonna be the sack leader. Tanks turned around and said, Right, okay, we're on for a sack race, are we? I'm mm-hmm. not gonna let that happen. There's been a bit of to and fro on this, but here's <laughs> something I'm gonna ask you. People are saying, yeah, Michael Parsons, yeah, sure, sure. Um, some people are saying tank, re-emergence, you know, people are gonna be concentrating on Parsons, but I think people are forgetting Dante Fowler's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Is he not in for the race? Yeah. People forget it. What do you guys think? If you were to have a race, I mean, I'm going to say Parsons, but if you were to have a race, who's your money down on to have the most sacks? Dante Fowler or Tank? That's a good question. Yeah. Oh, man. I really want to throw another name in the mix, but I can't can't see him being on par. Dorrance Armstrong? (laughs) No, you know, you know, you know, I have a soft spot for Chelsea Galston. I just don't know if I get this. <laughs> hey, how he develops could very well be as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think, think Go, that... go on, go on. Marcus. I was gonna say, I think Galston's gonna play more inside this year, though, like he did in college. Mm. Mm. I mean, look, you know, you've got a third. I mean, he was the third overall pick over that side. Mm-hmm. Could be. <laughs> you never know. You don't know what you're getting with Dante Fowler because obviously. The history and everything, but mm-hmm. you get you get that guy that was so electric. Like he Dante Fowler, what people don't realize that you could have taken Dante Fowler as a freshman in college and he could have played in the NFL. The guy yeah. was that athletic and that strong. He didn't need three years in college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, I get it with the NIL in college now. Players don't really need to rush to get into the NFL, but Dante Fowler really did rush to get into the NFL. And he, you know, I think he he definitely was a guy that just hit the ground running on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a, an interesting one, and then the last piece of news, which is the bad news uh, to end it all, Marion Barber uh, this week on Wednesday was found uh, dead in his apartment by Frisco police. Um, so we'll just give our shout out to um, Marion the Barbarian Barber. Um, I think, yeah, we'll give a shout out to to the Barber family. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our thoughts are obviously with them. Um, crazy situation. I know there's speculation and, and situations and a lot of whispers as to what it all is. I'm sure it will all come out. Um, I have read some of the the story on it all, which is, is pretty sad. Um, you know, we were struggling with mental health and being arrested and all the rest of it. Um, but, you know, needless to say, he's a, he's a, and here's a crazy one. Marion Barber, the one thing I always remember him, I don't think if, I don't know if you guys can remember it. Preston was against the Patriots and we were backed up against our own five yard line and he mm-hmm. goes backwards mm-hmm. into our own end zone just takes tackle after tackle, swings out to the right, runs down and gets a first down. Yeah. You watch that and you're like, oh, my God, this guy is crazy. Right. Uh, I, I was trying to create him to, um, like, like, do you know what's funny with Marin Barber? I think he would be better served in today's game than mm-hmm. it was back then. I think he was in the wrong era for a running back. You know, like, just that. That heavy trucking two down 
um, two yard grinded out type running back. You imagine that in today's game, how ha- how handy that would be. Just that bowling ball in the middle. Mm-hmm. No, um, I don't. I don't think he ever got enough credit for what he did as well. Like you say, he was just agree. Beast, and he was, he was mm-hmm. one of the top guys at the time. What he's saying, it just never seemed to get that that recognition. Well, outside outside of the of the cowboy world, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he, was always he, was, he, he was fun to watch, I will say that, yeah. Um, and, he, go on, go on. One of the most underrated college running backs ever. Yes. That uh, guy was... Minnesota, was he Minnesota, Golden Gophers? Minnesota, yeah. If it wasn't for Lawrence Maroney being there with him, That's he right. probably would have been a 2,000-yard back in college. Yeah. That guy was unreal in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember. I'm trying to. I'm re- remembering back. I can see going and just like watch it, watching the pace on him. You know that first, that first step. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you say, yeah, he was held back by the rest of the roster. Um, and I know as well. To um, made mention on his um, social media. I think it was Twitter about like how 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 it made him feel so ill to hear about him because you know they were together and mm-hmm. they, they were dynamic you know little group and it was just a shame that he was in that era i think where i do think of the barber family as well they were, they were all fantastic players yeah <laughs> none of them were bad but he will always be remembered um i still even think i've got like madden 2004 or whatever it is and he's like on there uh, I'm not sure what year it was. I know I've got one on there, and he's he's on there. Don't think I've got a console to play it on though. So. <laughs> Peaks are pointless. <laughs> but all right, guys, let's get into it. We are officially into the positional breakdown series, so we're going to look at all the wide receivers. I mean, the the guys at the back end. We'll we'll just give our th- few thoughts on those guys, but we'll talk mainly about the main ones. Mainly about the main ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a good way to go. Um, and I get your thoughts and feelings and predictions, and it'll all work towards our final 53 when it comes to Camp and Oxnard. But we'll start off with our wide receiver one now, um, okay. C.D. Lamb. He's on his third year of a rookie deal. He's obviously, they're going to give him the fifth year option, so we'll call it the third of the fifth year. Um, he was a first rounder of Oklahoma in 2020. In 2022, he is a whopping 3.8 mil against the cap, which for wide receivers, the way it's going now is absolute pennies. Yeah. Um, but here's my question for you guys, right? Any we'll start with the NFC East, right? Because <laughs> the, the NFC East since the draft has got very interesting in terms of wide receivers, and then we'll go for the entire NFL. But where do you rank CD Lamb in terms of wide receiver ones in the NFC East? Oof. Yeah. Not God, so simple. Thought, thought it'd be easy tonight. I mean, throw that I'm mm-hmm. how McLaurin, so McLaurin's number one. That's just yeah, me. that's what that, yeah. And you got to think the Eagles have just got they just buy themselves one of the best wide receivers in the NFL too. Yeah, now I can make a I can make a debate between um, Brown and, and Lamb for, for yeah. number two. Yeah, you see, I'm just going with Brown because I'm just saying Brown. Over Lamb only because you've seen it more consistently. Where Lamb has been, and you could argue because he's been playing so much from the slot, he's almost mm-hmm. been that that when it was Gallup and Lamb on the field, they were battling for the wide receiver two position. So you've really only seen Lamb in that in that role. You've never really seen him as that that primary receiver. So 
I'm I'm giving the edge to Brown for for that level of consistency as a wide receiver one, but I do get where you're coming from, Marcus. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you can argue with it because Brown is not without his faults, drops, injuries, fumbles. Mm-hmm. So what are we all going for? So I tell you what, Jay, what are you going for? Wide receiver? What? Two, three, four? Oh, oh the fourth. I'm I'm, I'm going to go three, but it's it's a, it's it's very close just for the fact that it's, uh, it's just, I mean, yeah. you, you, you like, can't kind of still I say I say raw loose tongue just for the fact like I say that we've not really seen him as a an out and out one um yeah. until this year so I think yeah he's close but yeah give it another 12 months and I think we'll be having a different conversation yeah because I know some people will be like oh well don't forget Dotson for the commanders yeah but he's a rookie we have not seen him yeah. play single snap in the NFL yet I, I get you can make arguments, but wait until we see the helmet on first before we go making assumptions. Yeah. But what would you say then? You know, you, are you going with two then? Are you, Marcus? Um, because Brown with the old miss, I'll, I'll give him the nod for two. Nah. I'll put Lamb as a close <laughs> third. I gotta, yeah. I gotta bring my old miss guys up whenever I can. But here's what's crazy, right? We're all saying he's the third wide receiver one in the mm-hmm. NFC East. Yeah, in his draft in 2020, he was classed as the best NFL wide receiver coming uh, in that class. Yeah. <laughs> so just goes to show you that how quickly in because really before the draft, the Eagles wide receiver one was Devonte Devonte Smith, mm-hmm. and you could show, you could say sure yeah you know Heisman Trophy winner that says a lot for itself. But it just goes to show though that when you start mixing it all up, all of a sudden one of the best players in the 2020 NFL draft is the third best in the division. Yeah. It is it is crazy how far it flips. Now, I don't know if you want to try and do this, but where do you see him as wide receiver ones in and amongst all the wide receiver ones in the NFL? Ooh. I know that, that, that that's going very deep. For me, I'm saying he's out, he's around about without really looking at names and i'm sure that if i was to do it uh-huh. people will give me other names but it will drop him down but i'm saying around the lucky 13th somewhere around there without going through a bunch of names off the yeah. top of my head i was thinking more like 17 yeah yeah in the teens yeah mm-hmm. but that's just like quarterback once you get between a certain range you're kind of splitting hairs once you get between yes. like 13 and 20 yeah to yeah. go in direction. Yeah, and exactly as Joe says here, you know, at the end of the day that we have not seen him as a wide receiver one. There was a wide receiver taken uh, a few picks later than him in the exact same draft, Jefferson, who's mm-hmm. just absolutely shown that he can be. Yeah. Like, he's a top 10 wide receiver. And people were like, if he was to say that junior draft, you'd be like, nah, no way. Especially when you look at the teams that these players went to, you'd think it'd be the other way around. Yeah. Now, my only argument with C.D. Lamb that I disagree with in the narrative is a lot of people say, you know, we, you know, we we expected more from him, or we want to do, we we want more from C.D. Lamb. Bear in mind, he's buried on a roster with a lot of wide receiver and a lot of options. He had Amari Cooper there, who was really trying to get more targets, but he didn't. You had Dalton Schultz, who suddenly came out the gates. That was going well for him. 
And bear in mind that CD Lamb, the last two years, has been has had the most receptions and yards for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. So I disagree with what people say when they say CD Lamb. But I understand why they're saying it because you wanted him to be this massive explosion, but you're not going to get that. Mm -hmm. But now I think you will. I, what do you guys make of the talk that CD Lamb um, has disappointed so far? Is it is it not probably more of a case of that we haven't really utilised his um, exactly. his potential? Like say if if you, if you you see a lot of teams. Like a and you look at Cincinnati with Chase or Phoenix mm -hmm. but you might receive one throw the ball into the end zone, throw the ball into double coverage, and let let the playmaker let him make or make plays. That's what CD Lamb did in college. If, if yeah, that's what that's what you pay him the big money for. Get get the ball chucked in. And that's what we need. To, and that that's where we were a little bit too conservative for me last year. That we we didn't take enough risks. And I think now, like you say, now you, you, you're out there and you, you, you've got rid of an Irish trooper and you say, like, our wide receiver one is CeeDee Lamb. Wide receiver yeah. two is more likely going to be Dallas when he's it, it, it's fit and healthy. So these these guys can make plays, throw the ball up. Like I said, if we throw some picks, we throw some picks. But you're going to say, well, you've got a 50 50 chance, aren't you, of getting the touchdown? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, with with CD, he's that yak guy, isn't he? You know, you, mm -hmm. you're not going to get a very um, depth. You're not going to get much depth in his route. But what you're going to do, you don't want that to happen because he isn't. He's never was in Oklahoma either. He wasn't this um, savvy route runner, which is why, like, I I didn't make much. Like, I understand, you know, CD Lamb and Amari Cooper last year talking routes. But I was watching. I was thinking, but it's not really CD Lamb's. Forte right, to want to go out true. there and yeah, yeah, he's more that guy that you want to try and you you'll get into his stem, you'll burst, you'll break, chuck him the ball and just let him try and create yards, get him that yak, and that's more of his game, which mm -hmm. is really why. And, and yeah, I'll ask you this, Marcus: mm -hmm. What do you do with CD Lamb in his positional play this year? Do you put him out as a flanker or do you continue to play him in that slot role? All right. Oh, before I answer, let me just give a couple of shout outs because I see the comments are coming in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shouts out DJ Dog. I know he's a regular on you guys' show. And yeah. also, Joe. Royalty. Yeah. Joe joined us from Italy. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Then I see we got Mendoza in the house. So, Mendoza, thank you for joining. And, and Dominique uh, joining us on a Friday. Appreciate you. Uh, Rob Ronan from Germany. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in as well. Um, we got them all across the world. Yeah, all definitely. You guys have an international show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're only here for you, mate. They, they, they <laughs> I don't doubt really it. listen to our ramblings, trust me. It's, uh, it's, more, it's more Friday than anything, trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. People are all right to stay up a bit later. So, like, the folks, like, over yeah. um, further out into Europe or an, an hour further, they're like, yeah, it's all right. It's, it's 10 o'clock. It's wine time now. Mm -hmm. Um all right, yeah. uh, let oh, me ask you a question real quick. Um, and, and let me say this first, because I know a lot of people talk about C.D. Lamb and not knowing if he's a number one. We have to look at it. I look at it from this perspective. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gallup's a really good receiver. Yes. Amari Cooper is a really good receiver. Yeah. 
despite having those two guys on his team and him being in some situations the third option, here we go. He's still getting a thousand yards and there you seventy-five go. catches. So we don't know what he's gonna be when he has the opportunities to kind of be the guy. Mm-hmm. And um, on top of that, because we have guys like Gallup who are pretty much stuck at the Z, mm-hmm. and a guy like Cooper who, even though fans want to see him inside, he's been pretty much stuck at the X. Yeah, we haven't had a chance to see um, Lamb really move around in positions. Mm-hmm. Um, the most we got to see it was last year because Gallup was out so much and Cooper was in and out and he looked really good going inside out. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping we get to see them do that a lot more this year because of uh, necessity and also just him being the most, the most talented receiver on the field for most of the year, depending yeah. on when Gallup returns. Well, I mean, like just to add to your point, um, I'm going through, C.D. Lamb's um, chart where where he was taking catches from targets. So on the left, like deep left on the outside, four targets. Um, yeah, where's right? So de- uh, then deep right on the right as a flanker, nine targets. Mm-hmm. So it literally is when you look at it. Nine. So that's thirteen targets out of a total of like whatever it was, what, 73 targets he had. Yeah, like you say, it reiterates your point. 80, 80 receptions he had last year. So, you know, you're looking at over 100 targets and 13 of them were on the outside. Mm-hmm. Reiterating your point, it'd be interesting to see how, how that works. Um, me personally, I actually think, based on the fact, and we'll talk about Michael Gallup in a second, that Um, he's really going to spend the first part of the season out with the injury recovering. You've got a rookie. You've got James Washington, which we'll talk about in a second as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Simi Fajoko, Noah Brown as well, who are, you know, they they will give you production, but they're not going to be of that that top-tier caliber. I think you get the reverse now of what's been happening with C.D. Lamb in recent times, where now he's going to demand and chew really a very big bulk of that um, production and targets that Dak wants to put out. Mm-hmm. So now we're about to find out really, truly what he is. Yeah. Especially in that first half of the season while while players establish what they are. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. And I actually think that C.D. Lamb, for some people on their fantasy teams need mm-hmm. to be taking them quite early. There's a fact there's and I shouldn't be saying that because me and you were in a money league together. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely uh, on my list. Yeah, I know. It's just when you look at it, he, he will be getting a good tier of, of production. But we'll we'll talk about the next guy then, C D Lamb. Uh C D Lamb <laughs> Michael Gallup. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading as I'm talking. You know like when you read something and you go yeah, like when the wife's talking to you, you go, yeah, that's right. And you're reading something and you go, yeah, that's right, cowboys. And you're like, why didn't I just say that? Why did that word come out of my mouth? Anyway, C.D. Lamb. I'll get there now. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yes, he is currently uh, going to be unavailable, I think, most definitely for camp, uh, most definitely preseason, most definitely the first few games. Mm-hmm. How quick he comes on, 
I don't know. Um, but here he is, Michael Gallup, third round um, from Colorado State, taken 2018. He, believe it or not, is on cap the most expensive wide receiver. And That's crazy. He, I know. <laughs> uh, it's crazy when you say it. Uh, they gave him a new five-year contract. Um, so that's worth $57.5 million, uh, in total. In 2022, he's $4.5 million on the cap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when some teams are paying over $20 million for a wide receiver, um, we've just talked about the first two and they barely reach in 10. Yeah. Um, now, as I say... He got the ACL injury on the touchdown catch, but he also started the season late because he was had um and, and he was coming into the season with an injury as well. Um, but I've always called him, I don't know if you like this, Marcus. I've always called him um Des Bryant Light. Okay. I I don't know because you know, there's that downfield physical presence, quick burst. Um, from his get off, you know, hits the route stems nice and crisp, nice and early. He's not going to be that huge, um, route tree kind of guy, but on the jump balls, on those 50 50 balls, and with the ball in his hands, he's a physical presence. What do you like about Michael Gallup? I mean, everything you named is, is what I love about him. He's a, he's a great 50 50 ball guy. Um, yeah. if you go back and watch his college tape. Mm-hmm. He's a good yak guy, also. We just haven't seen it yet because mm-hmm. they pretty much just stuck him at that Z and told him to run the nine or the post and, and yeah. win the jump ball. So I'm, I'm looking forward to possibly seeing him get more X work and run some of those intermediate routes a little bit more. So there's a lot to, lot to love about Gallup, and he's a very physical player on top of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I. I... Some people are saying the way he the style of game with the ACL injury, they worry about how he comes back. But for me, mm-hmm. I, I think if we were talking in terms of medical technology from like a decade ago, I'd say, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the way ACL injuries are recovering nowadays, I don't think that's much of a concern. Yeah. Um, I think I he's see, gonna be. I see Joe doesn't think he'll be back until December. I think it'll be a little bit sooner than that, Joe. Yeah, I'm thinking like around October, maybe. Yeah. You know, with the way ACL injuries uh, recover, and they they done something weird because I don't know if you remember, they didn't give him the treatment for a while. They just left it for a while. Mm-hmm. So I asked the question. I was like, "Well, why why are they waiting? Because it's not really helping anybody. It's not doing anyone any good. But apparently." it was on medical advice to leave it because it makes the recovery time shorter. And it's something that they trialed and it does work apparently. Okay. So, yeah, I know. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> interested. Um, it, it could have been just blowing smoke, mine, but <laughs> um, we'll wait and see. But what about you, Jay? Here's a question for you. Is Michael Gala one of the sneakiest steals in the NFL draft? For the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. But one, one, just listening to the comments and they were going back and forth. Um, one, one thing for me about Mike Gallup, he's got swag, but he's not yeah. He's not in your face about it kind of thing. Like you'll see some wide receivers that are very, I'm trying to find the right word. Like you say, you know, like they're just they're pretty much quite in your face about being good. And like I said, Michael Gallup just, yeah, 
getting he's, the job he's, done. Yeah, he's, he's sneaky. I like Michael Gallup, and who doesn't like a, a Michael Gallup toe drag catch down the sideline? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I think if you look back through some of the shows prior to his injury, um, you, you could argue he, he could be wide receiver one on quite a few teams in the NFL when, when he's fit and healthy. Mm. Um, I was a bit concerned about the money that they, that they paid out, but more so just for the fact that the injury. Um, but he, they obviously see something in the in the medical reports that don't concern him. And the Cowboys obviously do a lot of due diligence and they've got some top doctors. So, like you say, yeah. <laughs> not just a, a smart move getting, it, getting him in the draft when we drafted him, but also getting him for the money that we got him for because... <laughs> He could have commanded, especially with the money that's been thrown around for wide receivers at the minute. Yeah, could, um, could command, could have commanded a lot of money this off season. And he's, he's obviously, he's comfortable staying in Dallas and, and sees that there's, there's a chance of winning some at And let's, let's hope that that, um, that faith that he's, um, he put in us, been coming back to us, he's paid off with a, with a good run this year. Yeah, uh, and. I think, me personally, I quite like as well when you stop and you think about the two different types of wide receiver you have in terms of when you've got them on the field in uh, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gap because they're just so starkly different in their styles. Yeah. And that just creates, uh, uh, when you think about when it comes to game planning with your cornerbacks, you're just like, what a nightmare. Because I know we'll talk about the other guys in a moment, but you stop and you say, right, so now we've got one guy who can get the jump ball, be a physical presence. We've got one guy over here who's going to be the short reception guy and get yards on the ground. What? How are we going to try and stop this? Because we can't bracket both wide receivers. Right. Because then, yeah. <laughs> and I just, I, I like the dynamic of, and I, you know, I liked it last year with, with Amari Cooper in, because Amari Cooper then, he, he's your surgical knife. Um, that can just tear through everything. But I like this dynamic with the two guys, depending on whether Lamb goes into the flanker role or stays in the slot. I like the, the, the way that these pair, you know, um, how they will create a bad mismatch for defences. Um, that's that's for sure. But let's talk about the next guy um, who is a, who's been with the Cowboys now for six years. So he's Crazy. one of the veterans. Yeah. One of the veterans and older players on the Cowboys roster. And that's Noah Brown. Um, so he's got signed to a one year deal, just shy of 1.2 mil on the mm-hmm. cap this year. Um, now we have had small, slight flashes of Noah Brown as a wide receiver, um, making catches when we've needed them. But I think, for me, Noah Brown is that he is the special teams. Um, he's just he, he's built for the role. He, he's mm-hmm. you could almost call him a tight end because he's so big. He's this big lumbering guy, but he's just got some like top notch top speed. Um, yeah. So let me get your guys' takes on Noah Brown. Um, where do you see him as in terms of? I see DJ Dog. Reiterating the special teams talk, yeah. is that really it for you guys? Is that how you see him? Hundred percent. Um, yeah. Um, me and Mendoza, probably for the past six years, have been the only people on on all these podcasts and in these chats telling people 
Noah Brown's not going anywhere. No. Re- regardless of who your favorite height, weight, speed guy is, the undrafted guy you like, you can't get past special teams once you get past that fourth receiver. Yeah. And that guy has has consistently been a 40% plus special teams guy. Yeah. And you have to have that on your team. You can't have six guys on your at one position and expect all of them to be offensive weapons. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to do that dirty work, and until somebody unseats him, he's going to continue to do that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, real quick, um, somebody asked a question up top. I think it was Rob. He addressed me about the targets. He was asking, yeah. do I think Kellen Moore would change his philosophy and force the ball a bit to, to the wide receiver one? Um, well, for the past two years, C.D. Lamb has been getting about 120 targets a year. Um, that's been putting him barely top 25. I don't think the philosophy will change, but like I said before, Michael Gallup's really good. He's going to get a hard 100 targets. Amari uh, Cooper's been really good. He's going to get 140 targets. 140 of those are now gone, and mm-hmm. you can cut out half of Gallup's. Now, I'm not trying to say the receivers we don't have coming up aren't as good, which they probably aren't, but they probably aren't going to demand all of those targets that are gone. So I don't see Lamb getting spoon-fed, but I would be shocked if his targets don't hit the 140, 150 range, which will put him um, around top 10 in targets. Yeah. I don't think the philosophy will change, though, but just Mm. by – him being the best receiver for a long period of time, he'll probably get a whole lot more targets. Yeah, and I can see it with the way things are going. Like, I know they got, which we'll talk about, Jalen Tolbert, who's that burner type guy. But I can uh-huh. see Kellen Moore really trying to emphasize a little to making the the, the offense a little bit more West Coasty, uh-huh. um, which plays in Lamb's favor. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's an interesting one, but okay, let's look at the next guy. Uh, because Noah Brown's fairly easy to cover. I mean, yeah. just just going over it in, in, in the last since 2017, uh, with the Cowboys, 690 special team snaps, one missed tackle. Mm-hmm. There we go, that's all you got to do. You just say right. that and you go, All right, yeah, um, kick returns, kick coverage, um, punt returns. He de- he's literally he's on it all. He, they they utilize him. If you go and have a look at it, all he checks all the boxes for what you need from a special teamer. He's up there quick. He's one of the first yeah. guys as a gunner. Big big guy as well with big wingspan. And um, he's still it, young. People forget yeah. he came in the league at nineteen. Yeah. Um, hold on. He's twenty six. He's twenty six. But I mean, on this team, that's that's a veteran. Yeah. But um, an interesting stat I looked up before we came on the show. Do you guys know who the youngest receiver on the team is right now? I'm I'm, I'm going to go off top and I'm just looking. CD Lamb, I'm going to go. Correct. Mm. We have Spike seven guys on this roster who have not gotten an offensive snap, and they're all older than CD Lamb. <laughs> It is funny when you stop and you think about it. Because, like, yeah. you, you, here's a crazy one as well. I was looking at, because we were talking about Dante Fowler earlier, Dante Fowler and Randy Gregory were drafted in the same year, mm-hmm. and Randy Gregory has 400 snaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man, it's looking crazy. But there we go. All right, let's look at the next guy. And I'm really going to leave you guys to talk about him. And that is the free agent pickup, James Washington from Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he's in his fifth year. He's on a one-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys worth 1.1 mil against the cap. Um, I'll let you first, Marcus. What do you see the role at, and how they're going to use uh, James Washington, bear in mind he was seen in OTAs in a walking boot this week. Mm -hmm. First of all, I got to say, uh, I love James Washington coming out of Oklahoma State. Yes. He was one of my favorite receivers coming out that year. Um, that guy, you talk about Dez Light, go back and watch him in Oklahoma State. Mm, yeah, okay. I see that, that guy was doing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he took over that mantle after, after Dez graduated. Um, played for the Steelers. To me, that scheme didn't really fit him. Yeah. Because um to me Buried on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To me, he's more of a, a um a deep to intermediate guy. And the past three to four years, Ben's arm is shot. So they've yeah. been a five yard or less team pretty much consistently. Mm -hmm. So uh we haven't seen the best of James Washington, in my opinion. I think he's going to be a solid guy. Um, I think yeah. he's going to come in and he's going to um, supplement that role of Michael Gallup because they have a very similar skill set. Yeah. Uh, he may be able to give us a little bit more inside than, than Gallup could give us. So The utility um, is there. I would agree that. Yeah. 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 I mean, not a lot, but Gallup. No, no, no. Yeah. Gallup gave us zero inside. <laughs> I, I think you could put Washington inside and he could give you a couple of snaps and he could, he could threaten on, on a short yardage play. Yeah. So um, that's a good question that Craig asked about whether he'll start ahead of Tolbert. I um, think so. We could talk about Tolbert in a minute, but mm. at this point, I would say if you're talking about the Z position, I, I think Washington's a better bet to go there than, than Tolbert. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Jamie? Is Washington playing over Tolbert? Mainly yeah. seeing what he can do in the NFL? I think just start with, yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely think he's, he's going to be wide receiver for you. And it's a smart pickup, and it is, is, is a veteran wide receiver, but he's not too old. So there's, you've still got a lot of tread on the tyre, so to speak. Um, yeah. And it gives you, like I say, gives you that different option, doesn't it? Um, like I say, how many snaps is he going to get? It's, it's hard to say. Um, but. With how we like to spread his wide receivers out now, he'll get he'll get he'll get quite a few catches. Um, but yeah, and I, I said just from a veteran standpoint, just with how young this receiver core is as well, that we, we need someone like James Washington in, in that locker room. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, and you know, you go back and you look, James Washington. He's had uh, his best year, two thousand nineteen, seven hundred and thirty-five yards. When you think about it, that. When you you know you 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 beat me to the punchline really on that one, Marcus. That you know Big Ben was having trouble with his throwing arm. When you stop and you think 2019, really, when you think about it, that's about the time when Ben's arm was starting to mm -hmm. deteriorate. You know, when you stop and you think about it. So like you got you coincide with his best year was when you started to see the decline of Big Ben. So yeah. I think. He's not going to have a 700-yard season for the Cowboys. I can't see that. Um, but I do think he's going to be, you know, a good, solid 400, 500-yard guy. And he, he will get you first downs. He doesn't very rarely drop the ball. Exactly. Yeah. 
when you look at it, and I, I'm looking at it now, that uh, targets. So on 218 targets in his career, 16, well, uh, 1600, over 1600 yards, and only one fumble in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, here's an interesting one, mind. Are you concerned they didn't address the injury with the media? And this is a strange one because, like, it is funny that, like, like they didn't address it, which is mm-hmm. weird that they just completely avoided it. But the thing that I find weird is if he wasn't going to practice and he's in a walking boot, why bring him out in the first place anyway? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If that was the case, leave him, leave him in a lock, leave him behind. Don't let it be a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is weird because, like, you know, you try to ask the question, "What's going on?" And everybody's answer is, "We don't know." Yeah, and that, no, that is concerning. Not to be disrespectful to him as well. Now, if he was, if it was CD or a kind of a CD, up to us, like wide receiver one, wide receiver two. And you think you would address it, and that's not to not put any knock on James Washington because, I, I, like yeah. you both said, I, I think he's a good player. But like you said, Tyron Smith mm-hmm. starting left tackle for the Cowboys, it's always going to get addressed. Whereas wide receiver three, wide receiver four, you're not really going to get a lot of comments on that. Are you really? They're not. Is it just one of those things where he's he's not because he's not the star of the team for that position? To use it maybe a better term. Yeah, but if we want it, it'd be addressed straight away because that would be the first question that they're coming from the media t- media side, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm I'm with you. But I, I'm I agree, with you. It's, it's it's weird. Like, say, if, if he's got boot, and why why stick him out there? And all of a sudden, you've got everybody in a panic, thinking, "Oh God, what's going on here? Why is he in a boat?" Yeah, what's the, what's the issue? I would have just mm-hmm. left him behind. He's mm-hmm. not doing yeah. anything, right? <laughs> Bit of a weird one. Let's move on to the next guy then, who's on his rookie deal. The next two guys really are still on their rookie. Well, all of them are, but we'll talk specifically about these two guys. Then we'll move on to the draft pick. Uh, Simi Vahoko on a rookie deal, two years left, 800k on the cap. Um, standard minimum, only his bonus, uh, signing bonus is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys make of him? Because I feel. This, and he has spoken this week that there's an opportunity for him to make waves here and, and really break into the roster. Yeah. Um, I, I I think he, without knowing how he's going to develop, would be a great red zone target when he's needed. Um, I'll ask you, Marcus, then I'll come to Jamie. Where do you feel Simi fits in with uh, this this roster, and bear in mind, he's a big Cowboys fan, if you remember mm-hmm. last year. <laughs> um, I think they could have used him last year at some point to see what they had. Mm-hmm. They didn't really. Um, but where do you think, you know, you, you could, you you see Simi in this role, in this roster, certainly in the first part when you got question marks for Tolbert and uh, Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. And James Washington, as we mentioned, I don't, I don't think it's a huge issue, but it could be. You know, we'll put a question mark there. Simi could come in and have a starting role yet. You, you know, you took away my very first point I was about to make. Yeah. Um, I look at Simi from last year. He had seven mm-hmm. offensive snaps. Yeah, and he had zero special teams snaps. Yeah. Now that last one is the most concerning. Because you basically just gave a spot away to a guy who was completely non-productive for you. Yeah. 
useless. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that was his first year. So everybody pretty much gets a pass if pass if you're drafted. Yeah. So now we're in year two, um, and like you said, there's an opportunity there because there are guys missing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably he's probably our best height, weight, speed receiver, even even more so than Lamb. Yeah. So okay. If if he puts it all together, he has an opportunity to get some snaps. He was an inside outside guy at Stanford. So yeah. um he has he has everything you need in terms of tangible athletic ability. Yeah. It's really up to him. I mean, he could be a guy and I hate to put this kind of wide span on him. He could be Miles Austin. He could be off the roster in August. I just don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. I saw nothing last year on a team mm. that dealt with a lot of injuries. Exactly. Uh, and that was the issue is that there was opportunity for him to come in and they still refused to. Right. And he's not a small guy. You know, he's six foot four, big hands, big arms, right. uh, big arm length um, and um, uh, a, a weighty guy as well. Four, four, and you just, four, four speed. You, yeah. Four, four. yeah I, and I just think that you really could have used him. In the red zone, certainly, uh, you yeah. know, to get and, and you had chances later on in the year where you think, oh well, let's just see what we got, and they still refuse to. I don't know why. I don't know what the issues are. I don't know how he's um, how he's progressed. Yeah, right. yeah, and, and all the rest of it. But I just think that this is a guy where if he has progressed, and like you say with the playbook, if you wanted to put. CD Lamb, certainly in the earlier part of the season with question marks and injuries, mm-hmm. you could put CD Lamb as a flanker. And this is the guy, Simi Vahoko, you could play as the yeah. big slot role. Right. He did it in Stanford. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll say this before, before Jamie speaks. Like I said, he could be Miles Austin. He could be off the roster. If he's yeah. not a top four guy, he has a very hard chance of making this team. I agree. As a second-year yeah. player who does nothing on special teams, with so many question marks, with injuries and right. roles and development, yeah, I'm with you. Um, what about you, Jay? What was your take on on Sibi Hoko, or has everything been addressed? No, it's just with Marcus saying then about the, the special team snaps, and never really realised he didn't play any special teams. And like you said, that's no, nothing, a turn for someone that's there was a lot of hype for, with with Fleming Monty in in training camp last year. Um, obviously made the roster, but essentially a wasted roster spot for him playing seven snaps all season. Mm. I think if you look at it, depending on how many running backs and Titans that the Cowboys want to, to carry this year, mm-hmm. you could probably put an argument that he's, he's wide receiver five, and that's just for the fact that he's because he's, he's year two. But there's yeah. the Cowboys brought quite a few in, there's undrafted free agents. They're going to be battling just as much to get a, a roster spot. So you say he, he could would, could probably, be, if they cut him, it wouldn't surprise me. Been a little bit disappointed just with how the hype was last year coming into training camp on him. So I would like to see, like I say, get some red zone targets or get get some sort of special teams player. See what we've got in him. But yeah, he's he's going to have to watch his back this off season just without, like I say, how many receivers the Cowboys have added to see what what's out there and who can help make this back end of this roster a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, and I get his issues where we're um coming out, you know, that you get 
whenever you watched him in college and you've seen the physical corners get into him, he mm-hmm. completely broke down. And when you think the NFL is all about press corner, you know, that, that physical press, uh, you know, and they, they get into it, man coverage, and he does. Str- he did struggle with it. But, you know, you get him into a gym, you get him working hard, you never know. This this is what we're saying. And, and what's funny is a lot of people will say oh, the roster last year will, was elite and it's not going to be that way this year. And that I kind of agree with. But you don't know in terms of development how these guys are coming along. For me, right. Simi Fahoko, he he perfectly is one of those players we're talking about. You don't know. Jamie, you mentioned Goldston earlier. There's another guy. You don't know how these guys are going to develop from year one to year two. If they develop but the way that you hope or you expect, then this roster could be on its way back up again. Um, yeah. And Fahoko is one of those guys. Um, but let's move to the next guy, and then we'll talk about Jalen Tolbert. And that is TJ Vasha, still on a, his rookie deal as well. Uh, one year left. Then he's a restricted free agent. 700K against the cap this year. Uh, only minimum guarantees as well because he's an undrafted free agent. Um, mm-hmm. Joe's making a point. He's looking good in OTAs and practice. He is. Um, for me, this guy, and I've always said it, and I said it last year when he was on the roster, that here is a jump ball specialist and mm-hmm. a guy you will love in the red zone if you can get him to get past all the other issues. Um Hit us with this, Mark. What do you make of TJ Vasher? Do you think he could make the roster, or is he back on the practice squad? I don't want to get killed on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally think he has no shot of making the roster. Um, That's fair enough. Fair when, enough. I, when I watched him play in college, I mean, I don't want to take anything from the jump ball ability, yeah, um, yeah. long arms, very, yeah. very long guy. Mm-hmm. When it, Even in college, when a corner got on him, yeah, he was he was out of the picture, and I'm pretty sure they saw that in camp because NFL level corners are different than when he saw at Texas Definitely. Tech when it was completely wide open, yeah, and it was nothing but space, yeah, um, and a lot a, can be said about the corners in that conference too in yeah, college. That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, we didn't get a chance to see anything from last year. He's a very he's a build up receiver, and, and you can't be that size and be a build up receiver where it takes you yeah, a long time yeah. to get going. And again, I mean, he's great at the 50 50 ball. He showed us that in college, mm-hmm. but in the NFL, these guys are pretty good at 50 50 balls, also, not yeah. in terms of catching them, but at least knowing how to deflect them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for him to make this roster over some of these undrafted guys who came out this year who I think are a little bit better at separating and um, running routes, even though they may be slower. Yeah. I mean, cause this, the, the guy is six foot five, right. right. And he's got nearly 36 inch length arms, yeah. which means that your wingspan and the reach that you've got are, is astronomical. It's huge. Like seven foot close to it. it. It's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. when you think that uh, and in the red zone, Lovely stuff, you know. That's exactly you know. You got that where, where it's a short field, so you go you use the third dimension. Here's a guy that you can do to use it, so you go vertical. But the trouble is, is I agree, and there's some other tangibles, not just the strength. That if you go 
I'll just type in, I don't know, um, TJ Vasher college stats or something, and you'll see, have a look at his drop rate. It is really bad. Yes. He drops a lot of balls. And on a roster where people are complaining about CD Lamb, for instance, who, who's on eight drops for the year, mm-hmm. do you want to add another guy onto this in his first year who has already trouble with fumbleitis? Mm-hmm. Um, but what's your take on the Texas Tech guy, Jay? I know you're a Texas Longhorns fan, so this will come at yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Great happiness um, or sadness to talk about him. What, what's your take on TJ Varsha? Yeah. Well, just, just before I mention that, there's there's been a lot of comments of, of a, another name in in different in different positions. We have seen him um, just purposely leaving it towards the end just to throw okay. another name in the mix. I so don't worry, we haven't. We're not ignoring him. We're just going to right. start. Right. Okay. But yeah, like um, he's coming towards the end of his rookie deal. Yeah, he's still buried deep in the death chart. Yeah, yeah. I I, I can't see what's on that. Like you say, fifty-fifty jump ball guy. Well, that's essentially what you you're paying CD Lamb and Michael Gallup to do in the end zone. Yeah, Michael Gallup certainly. Yeah, and and if he, if he's still buried this deep in the this deep in the in the roster, this late into his contract, then yeah, like, I'm with Marcus. I, I can't see him. I can't. He's probably opening for practice squad at the best, isn't he? Yeah, and mm-hmm. just to tie in with the fumble problems as well, is I don't know what his forties time is. That I would imagine would be quite slow. That he's, he, he will. Yeah, he would take big strides when you watch him because he's so tall and lanky, but he's not really classed as uh, as adequate, even adequately fast. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and, and, even, and even touching back on the sorry, even touching on back on the uh, the fumbles, um, yeah. or, or drop ball, should I say? Sorry, yeah. S- someone like a, a gallop and a a CD lamb because they were picked so high. You're gonna maybe I won't say I'll allow it, but you, you'll kind of you'll live with it a little bit for it yeah. because of where they were drafted. But someone that's drafted so late, undrafted free agent, you, you yeah. get a few of them, and it's gonna be like, yeah, this guy's I, not good. I, yeah, and you think as well with like CD Lang, you can talk about drops. You've got to think as well, A, the type of game he's playing, and B, the type of defenders he'll be up against. Like TJ Vasher isn't going to be up against your top quarterbacks on their roster. So, yeah, you know, there's your issue. But let's talk about a guy we've really wanted to talk about. Uh, it's Jalen Tolbert, third-round pick this year from South Alabama. Uh, so he's on a, a four-year rookie contract as per mm-hmm. Uh, 9.30 this year on the cap. Um, he was out from OTAs earlier on this week with a hammy. It's not deemed as being serious um, or whatever problems there are. Um, rookie minicamp looked really, really good. We're, we talked about it as already as well with Michael Gallup out. He's going to be deemed to have uh, a starting role early in the season. So there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, already as a rookie this season, as a, coming into the Cowboys, uh, to have to perform and produce. Um, we kind of touched briefly on his style already, that he's that long, um, outside Z-type burner who's just mm-hmm. going to go downfield on your nine routes, your bang nines, uh, post and corners. This guy can really, really stretch the field, which the Cowboys, ironically, have been missing for a long time. You know that that really top-tier, speedy-type guy? Yeah. Um, for me, though, I, and we talked about Michael Gallup being um, one of the steals in the third round. Again, they strike at you. I think Jalen Tolbert is just as much of a steal 
than Michael Gallup was. What do you guys think? Um, me personally, yeah, I love Michael Gallup coming out. Yeah, I had Gallup as my number two receiver behind um the kid that went to Carolina. I can't even think of his name now. Um, oh, uh, um, DJ Moore. DJ Moore. He was my number two. I thought he was better than Calvin Ridley. Yeah, like when when Gallup didn't go in the first round, I was shocked. And mm -hmm. when he made it to the third, I was jumping up and down. Now that's not saying I don't like Tolbert, but that's just how high I was on Gallup. Mm -hmm. I, I think we definitely got him at a position that I thought he wouldn't be at. I had him more of a top uh, top 60-ish guy. So for him to fall to the the position he did was definitely uh, good for us. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's better suited for that Z than Gallup is because I think he he's a little bit more explosive out of his breaks. He's one of those guys where, where Gallup is more of a – I'm going to keep you close to my hip and then just out jump you. I think Tolbert has a second gear where if we're even at five yards at 10 yards, I'm gone. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a um, element we haven't had at the wide receiver position for a while in mm -hmm. terms of a deep guy. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in their role. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. And like a lot of people say, though, like, why are you so high on a wide receiver from South Alabama? And I don't know what you reckon, Marcus and Jamie, mm -hmm. if you agree with this. I think that a lot of teams in the recruiting process overlook this guy because he's from Florida, if I believe rightly. He's from that area, which is a big football yeah. um, sort of, you know, area to, to recruit from. And I think he just got diluted in all of that. Uh, and got overlooked. And I definitely think he's a guy that could have quite easily, if he continued playing in college, would have gone to a power five team. Yeah. For the people that are concerned, it's certain positions. I don't care where you get them from. If you're good, you're good. If you're good, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> wide receiver, cornerback, running back, um, some defensive tackle, something like that. If you're a good player and you show you're a good player, It'll translate, mm. and I and you're not expecting him to be your number one stud guy either. I uh, think he's good enough to be the number three cornerback in his league day one. Yeah, uh, and so do you think then? And I'll ask you first, Jamie. Do you think the battle at the moment in terms of wide receiver core is between Tolbert and Washington? With Washington right now taking the edge, but. There's this battle right now that is going to be going on with them pair for that outside wide receiver till Malika. Michael Gallup comes back. Oh, without a doubt, they say Washington probably gets the the edge just because of his experience. He's he's yeah. played at a high level on, on a decent Steelers team. Um, mm. So he, he automatically, like you say, probably doesn't take it. Oh, doesn't maybe doesn't. Try to find the right words to say. Um, I don't. I doesn't have massive, big, big game impact in terms of what Gallup could probably be, bring you, but he makes you feel a little bit more comfortable going into the season. Say if he starts wide receiver two compared to a Talbot, whereas Talbot you'll you'll allow him to naturally progress into that wide receiver three. So, it, so even when Gallup comes back, you'll probably see them two then split the mm -hmm. split the reps at three, but. Yeah, it's, 
definitely an exciting pick and just kind of touch back about how Marcus just said they're good enough. Do you know what I mean? Don't matter where you get them from. Look at some of the some of the best Titans to have a, uh, sorry, best Titans, best wide receivers to play the game and look at and notice look at the the colleges they played for. Like you say, it doesn't matter. If they're explosive, they're explosive. Yeah, look at Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, and then you could look at what it Randy Moss played at Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Just to name yeah. two. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Um, like you say, if you're good, you're good. And here's a crazy one as well. People talk about Jalen Tobert's speed. Um, but what people ha- overlook a little bit too is um, in his pro day, he ended up doing the uh, the shuttle drill and did it in 424. Mm-hmm. So it goes to show that it's not just his acceleration and um, his his top end speed. He's got the get. He's got that stop start ability, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be really interesting. And I just hope, I just hope that um, whatever the issues are with him, um, with the hammy, people are saying that it's not a serious thing and he just needs rest time and recover. You know, these are rookies coming into an NFL team, so they do get beasted, uh, to say the yeah. least. That is nothing too serious. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And I think, me personally, I actually think Tolbert is, when you talk, think about the question marks with how the wide receiver core will look in a few years, I actually believe Tolbert is going to be one of those guys who's going to stick around for quite a while. Yeah. And I like his mentality too because he's yeah. he's I don't think he's afraid of coming from South Alabama mm. and lining up against the NFL corner. Yeah, he's the a chip on your shoulder attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and you like that with those type of guys. Mm. But let's look at the last few guys. Then they're all the UDFAs, uh, and okay. I'll just quickly just get a take from you guys, and then um, I've got a final question for you, uh, which is a guy who isn't a wide receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. So we got Dontario Drummond, UDFA. Uh, Ty Fry Fogel, uh, Jaquari Robinson, Brandon Smith, Dennis Houston, all on um, three-year deals, 850K average. Um, although Brandon Smith is two-year because he was on the practice squad last, last year. year. Um, so he's the only guy that's the long-standing. Which of those guys, and um, they're coming across the screen as well, do you think are going to stick? For me, I, I'm already out on Ty Fry Fogel. Not that I don't think he's talented. I just think that okay. his his ability, he's that one-trick pony that we've already got. Mm-hmm. That I just think that we've already got that on the roster, so it's, he's really going to struggle. For me, though, it's Dontario Drummond is the guy who's going to stick around for me, mainly okay. because of special teams ability. I think he'll find a role in that. So let me ask you this question, because it's interesting you say that. What yeah. What's his one trick and who has it? I'm curious what you what you think. In... Freifogel. Fry Vogel, it, it's uh, so okay. Before we go into that, then I'm gonna okay. ask you where you're going, and I'll hit you back with my answer. No. Go on, then. What, what, oh. what was um, what, is, is he a guy that you quite like? Then have I, yes. have I hit on something? Yes, I'm no, I'm just curious because I see him as a guy, yeah, if he. If he's not your number four, he's not on the roster. So I, I agree with that. That, that. That's my problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying um, that he's not a good player, like I, I said agree. at the start. Yeah, I don't think, I think that he's talented he's... enough to take a spot. Yeah. Um, He should have came out in 2020. He had like a four-game span that was absolutely ridiculous against some top-level corners who came yeah. out that year. Uh, he came back 2021. 
he suffered a lot because his quarterback was awful. Mm-hmm. And um, his stats reflected it. And then running a 4-6 or whatever he ran in the 40 didn't help either. Yeah. But um, I think he has inside-outside ability. I love his ability to find gaps in space and turn and catch the ball. And he has a pretty good catch radius. Yeah. But But like you said, if he's not contributing offensively, he has a very slim chance of beating out anybody yeah. else. My issue is, is that he's not going to give you anything on special teams, right? Uh, You're yeah, a UDFA. You're UDFA. Mm-hmm. He's got no, you got nothing to offer it on, on special teams. So my one trick pony, because I just wanted to hear what you had to say first. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to catch you out. No, um, good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, um, his speed, it's okay. It's not great, you know, um, as you say. But my my issue with him is that he will not. He will not. He will only want to play down on the outside, on the flanks. Does not take catches in the middle. Mm-hmm. Refuses to play there. Um, and then you watch that. Um, I'm watch him trying to get in and out of his breaks is a struggle. Yeah. So you've got a guy that isn't going to play special teams and only wants to play on the outside. Well, you've already got that with James Washington and Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. So his his that in terms of the one trick pony detail is that. I, what I mean is that he's only going to play as an outside flanker, and you've already got that on your roster. He's not going to provide special teams. So I think I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying that he's trapped on a roster where you've already got something better than him. So how is he going to get in? Mm-hmm. I was just wondering what you thought his his one trait was because I thought it was just ability to find to find openings in zones. That's that's the only thing he has, but he does it very well. Yeah, on the outside, and he will do it because um, yeah. he's got he's got great rhythm in his running. He right? does. So um, when he accelerates, it's very smooth, which is great for a wide receiver because leading yeah. him for catches, you get that, and it, it's nice. Um, good with the jump balls, and um, you know, to get vertical, he, he can do that at ease, and you can catch the ball away from his body, which is a big one. Yeah. Uh, and he'll just box players out, which is great. Um, but the other one as well uh, is, going back to Trent Think, is that he also, if you look throughout his college careers, he started off high and progressively, statistically got worse with each season. Mm-hmm. I, and uh, I, I want to see it step it up, not down. I agree. Uh, yeah. Sam, Samuel Rowe, we're talking about Ty Freifogel. We're, oh, right. we're kind of focused yeah. on the undrafted free agent guys right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, and and yeah, that's that that that's what I mean by the the one trick pony, you know, side of it all. Yeah. Um, I know there's a bit more to it than that. Oh, but I don't do, disagree. I was just wondering what what the one trick was you saw. I thought yeah, you just, just as an outside that. player is what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just as you, that's all you're really gonna get from him, and you've already got that. Uh, but what about you, Jay? Anything from the undrafted free agents you you particularly like? Dontario, Jaquari. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I haven't really studied a lot of them. Oh. them to be fair, so <laughs> just with, with them being undrafted, you'd probably look in. A couple of them probably have to, will have a shot at the, the practice squad. Or whatever. I think, yeah. and I think when you talk about, like Marcus started the show off, talking about the depth of wide receivers, that there is good depth there. So at least utilize some of that in terms of development and put them onto the practice squad and see what you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, can I talk about two of them really quick? Yeah, go on, man. Well, of course, I got to start off my old Miss guy. Um, <laughs> and I agree. This is the guy I think makes the roster. 
Mm-hmm. He gives it to you inside, outside. Tough, tough runner. Um, I I compare him very strongly to Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Oh, I, by the way, just in case people don't know my old guy, who are you talking about? Dontario Drummond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wide receiver. Um, he doesn't run routes as well as Landry because Landry's a technician, even running whatever he ran in the, in the forty. Yeah. But Drummond runs good enough routes, but that's not his strength. His strength mm-hmm. is he's going to catch the ball, and the first guy's not bringing him down. And yeah, I think that's going to translate very well to punt return. There you go. We don't have a punt returner right now, and, and that's why I said don't yeah. tell me Drummond. Yeah, he averaged ten yards of uh, return in college, and on almost every one of them, he broke a tackle. Uh, he broke the first tackle. So if if he can go out there and show that he can do that. I mean, he's at least your sixth receiver just as your punt returner. And I think he can give you some decent snaps um, on offense if you needed seven or eight catches, which is about what you can expect for this team. Yeah. Um, A guy that's really interesting that when I watch tape on him, I just don't know what he's going to do in in the NFL. Jaquari um, Roberson. We were on the same time. Did you want to talk about him? Yeah, no, definitely. Because uh, when you were saying that, I was like, I bet he's going to say to Quarry because I've seen the same thing. Yeah. Like height, weight, speed. Yeah. In and out of breaks. He has it. And then he has the stats to back it up because I mm-hmm. looked it up. Outside of Jahan Dotson and John Michi, he had the most receiving yards in, in college football. Yeah. And this is an undrafted guy that ran a 4 3, a 4 4, yeah. um, sub 7, 3 cone. 40-inch vertical. So he has all the athletic traits you want. And when I watch his tape, I don't see the route running, but I see the explosiveness and I see the separation. Like, I don't know how he gets separation. Yeah, I know. But every time I watch him play, he runs a five-yard slant, a seven-yard post, and he's wide open and he Mm -hmm. outruns everybody. Yeah. Like, it looks he's like got, a highlight. He's got a small frame as well for yeah, doing it. Yeah, he's a it. small guy, yeah. Like, I, his, I, his tape looks like a highlight clip to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and what is forward. funny is I, I, I Googled for one time on YouTube, and I was like, oh, and he came up with his highlight. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? Right. This is like, this was one hell of a highlight tape. And then what's funny is you'll say that. So then you go, right, okay, I'm going to actually try and find the game tape and see yeah. what it's about. And it ends up being like the highlight tape. <laughs> right. Just watch watch a game. He has seven catches for 180 yards. <laughs> and all of them look like 30 yard, just catch it and fly. Yeah. And I'm exactly with you because he doesn't have the ideal size, doesn't have the ideal strength. Um doesn't route doesn't run routes real. Doesn't no. Um he, he's lead, he looks frail, um, gets overmatched at the line of scrimmage, and yet somehow you're watching it and you're like, oh. He's wide open. And then you watch it again and you go, oh, okay, he's managed to cut a break on a release and he's catching one across the middle. And you're just going, well, how is he doing this? What's, yeah. what, what's, his, what's this magical thing that he's doing? Is he hypnotizing the cornerbacks? <laughs> <laughs> and he catches everything and he's well balanced. Mm-hmm. And um, like you say, just has a knack for getting open. And ironically, Wake uh, Forest go on to have um, a pretty decent year and there he is in amongst it all, you know? making all these the these highlight real catches and as a deep threat 
I certainly think he he is a guy you have to pay attention to. In terms of the the, the undrafted free agents, my two guys, uh, Dontario Drummond is first, mainly because oh, yeah. of special teams, and the other guy, my outside guy, is Daquari. Mm-hmm. That's for certain. But then here's my last one, then guys, uh, and we'll wrap all of this up. Is one guy who isn't a wide receiver, and I'm not talking tight ends because we talked tight ends last week. Mm-hmm. Is Tony Pollard? Yeah. Now um, mm-hmm. we're looking at. 20 20 man personnel, which I've been beating the drum on for like the last three years. I keep saying it every year, and everybody says no. They have actually been doing it in OTAs, whether it it transitions into the playbook and into the regular season, I don't know. But he has been playing from the slot. Um, Is this something you guys think the Cowboys need to do to utilize Pollard a bit more? Jamie, I'll let you go first, because I I can talk about Pollard all day. Uh, I think everybody knows my love. I, I love Tony Pollard. I think I think he's the most underrated player on this roster. Yeah. Um, he, if you if you look at him year on year as a, as a running back, I think he's improved. But he also, like you say, out of the slot gives you just a little bit something different to uh, confuse the confuse the opposition defense. I love him. I'd love to see a, a lot of um, uh, see 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 him utilize a lot. In the slot this year, I think it perfect just on this on our Alice offense likes to spread the ball around, and he's he's got great speed. He's got great hands as well. I, I would love to see him. Yeah, yeah, massive fan of Tony Pollard. I, I just think they need to use the twenty man personnel more in, in mm-hmm. what, whichever way, because it's only going to help Zeke, who has been, by the way, looking good in OTAs too. But I just I definitely think that. You, you think of, and we're talking mismatches all the time, but I just think Michael Gallup one side, C.D. Lamb the other. Okay, depending on how you want to utilize the next guy is up to you, whether it's Schultz or another wide receiver. But then imagine that you've got all that going on the field and then you decide to throw Zeke and Tony Pollard in the backfield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a defense, what are you doing? Which part are you defending? You just have a richness of opportunity for Dak to play with that. Yeah. Uh, let me say this about Pollard, because Go I feel then. like there's a bit of revisionist history with him. Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've watched, and I can say confidently, I watched half of his high school games. He's mm-hmm. he's Memphis's first son, high school, <laughs> high school football and college. Um, I watched half of his high school games. That kid was an amazing slot receiver. Mm-hmm. He played three years at University of Memphis. People assume he was a running back. He was an amazing slot receiver at Memphis. He was, in my opinion, the third best running back on that team. But he was the second best wide receiver. And he was just doing it from, from both aspects, similar to the running back from um, Washington, Antonio Gibson. Yeah. People assume he's a great running back. He was a great wide receiver in college. They just mm. have that trait. Mm. You can put him at wide receiver, and I think he'll be an NFL wide receiver tomorrow because he's done it his whole career. He's only played running back consistently in the NFL. Yeah. The the wide receiver traits are there. You put him at slot, it's not, it's not putting the fish out of water. Yeah. You're you're, in my opinion, putting him back at the natural position he's played since seventh grade. 
yeah. And you think that when you look at it, really, he's only been that running back because of the, his size, his frame, right. and his bulk to absorb contact. So, yeah. And, and that's why I wanted to put Pollard in that question because yeah. they have been utilizing it. And it is, I feel, something they start to need to utilize a lot more. Like he could actually, because he does have a very similar size um, uh, and, and build and makeup and measurables as the uh, 49ers wide receiver. I was, I didn't want to bring that name up because that's the new hot button topic for everybody. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's Debo Samuel now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, he's a guy that could do that. And, he could and somebody, do that. But somebody asked the question earlier um, who do we think, because Cedric Wilson has left the roster and, and, you know, he's gone off to be the wide receiver seven for Miami. But um, like they said, who who could take that role? I think Tony Pollard is a good, a good way to go. Pollard could definitely be a better receiver than Wilson if given the chance. Um, yeah. Wilson's another guy that I've been following quite a bit coming out of Memphis. He's honestly, last year shocked me. I know fans yeah. love him. <laughs> He came and stepped up when he needed to. Yeah. But you look at the two years before, that's who I've always thought Wilson was. Mm. He's a number five receiver. He can probably give you 15, 20 catches a year if he has to. Yeah. Uh, last year was, to me, more of an anomaly than the normal. Yeah. And, and that's kind of why I said at the beginning of the show, I think this is one of our most talented receiving cores because I think our one through four – are all it's better than Cedric Wilson, hmm. who we had as yeah. our number four last year. I feel so sorry for him. He goes, uh, he goes over there, and he's like, "Yes, look right. what's going on." And then, you know, post draft, you look at what's going on, and I bet he's just like, "Oh no," because they, they've <laughs> even got another ex cowboy over there as well who, who could tower over him. Which we'll cowboy is him. that? Uh, Alan uh, Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, he, and he, if healthy, I think he's a better receiver than Wilson too. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, he can. <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? So you just walk, you just looking at Wilson. You just you could just imagine him looking at the depth chart, going down. I go down. Oh no! Oh yeah. no! Oh no! And then Alan Hins gets healthy. Oh no! <laughs> All right, man, <laughs> And like you think, how much money they spent to have Wilson over there too? Mm-hmm. Man alive! But. That is it, man. I said to you uh, when we were talking, <laughs> we're gonna, we're, come over, come and talk to us for All an right. hour. I know it's afternoon in the Tennessee, and we've gone way, way over. Uh, as always, mate, when we start talking Cowboys, time's always runs over. Um, Can I say this but, real quick before we get well, out? Mate. Go um, on, mate. Go for it. Cedric Wilson. I just got to make this one oh. last point. <laughs> if on, Cedric on. Wilson was here, people would consider him our number two receiver. Mm-hmm. I think Washington's... I think Washington is better than him. I think whatever you thought Cedric Wilson yeah. was going to be as our number two, put those same expectations on James Washington. Because yeah. for his career, he's been a better receiver than Cedric Wilson with a worse quarterback. I, I'm with you. I, I, I say Washington is better. I totally agree. Um, so, and like you said, you know, if you look at the wide receivers one through four this year, or even one through five, even. Um, you could say it's a better call than it was previously. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yes, that wraps this week's positional breakdown series. Next week, it is the offensive line. Um, so we'll be hitting that. 
you could ask Marcus to come back, but it depends what he's doing. <laughs> Mate, the way it's the way it's going, we'll just be adding you to the to the roster of the show. Um, I can just always talk about the army. Well, that's what we're on. Um, we'll see how that one rocks. But yes, guys, thank you very much uh, for joining us. And um, as we do. We, where are you? You're on here somewhere, mate. There you are. Like, there's Bluff City Cowboys up there in the middle. Look. Uh, t on the top line as well. See, you don't mess about, mate. You don't mess about. Um, so make sure you go and follow all of these various content creators and friends of ours. Um, and, of course, as well, uh, make sure if you've got any questions about going to a game next year, send us some messages. Ask us all about it. We've got big things coming up as well. Um, me and Jamie are about to release the news on that after the weekend. It's all about a little UK Cowboys tour that's going to be happening next okay. year. And it will involve people from the UK. So uh, that news is breaking next week. But Marcus, we'll say it again. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Was it, you know, what, so what was it? April, May, June? So two months. It's way too long to go without talking to you. Yeah. That's way too long. We won't let that happen again. But everyone at home, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next Thursday to talk about the offensive line. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll speak to you then. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, everyone. Take us out, Jamie. Yep. Thanks, Matt Marcus, again for, for joining. Being being good as always, buddy. And everyone have a great and safe weekend. And we'll catch you all next week. Whoop, whoop.